1: To really
0: Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Also joining us from up there in beautiful Newcastle,
2: Jackson, aka Rickman Lives
0: Jackson. Welcome, buddy. How's things?
2: Uh, they were better a couple days ago, which I'm sure we'll <laughs> dissect. Um, but yeah, all, good. all things considered, good. I've got a new setup. People can't see, obviously, but um, fresh new paint job, and I'm showing it off to you guys. Not, a, not an nice. accident, by the way. So.
0: Ah, just noticing. Very yeah.
2: very sharp. No worries. Very Thank, sharp. You. Thank you so much. Thanks for noticing.
0: you got to keep it light in these, these tense playoff moments. It's helped. And look, from across the, the Tasman there, over there in New Zealand, it's Joe, a.k.a. No Scrubs McFly. How's it going, Joe? Welcome back.
1: Yeah, it's going pretty good, man. It's going pretty good. The, um, I'm kind of liking having the sort of swing into spring line up with the sort of kind of crescendo of the NBA season, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, like, <laughs> as opposed to the descent into winter lining up with the finals. Yeah, yeah, I'm preferring yeah, sure. it. Mm. Yeah It's Throwing off like my I don't know Not
2: body clock But just like sense of timing You have to I keep Like He always takes you by surprise When it's like September Or late in the year But because you've had All this sport going so long It's like particularly <laughs> shocking So I'm still adjusting to it
0: Yeah, and yeah, similar to what what Joe was saying, I equate feeling this level of anxiety towards NBA (laughs) games with a different kind of weather, like a certain you know mildness to the air or Mm. something. Um, Just quickly, guys, this is episode one hundred. Congrats, congratulations, guys! One hundred episodes. How do you feel?
1: I feel. I feel like (laughs) not great. Ben, I feel very grateful for you for persisting with this because this is just a bit of fun for me, where I just roll up when I feel like it it and spout off. But um, you're the organizer and 100 episodes of a podcast is actually a really long time to stick to it. Given, yeah, two given, and a half years. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> what are we Given doing? the relative obscurity. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> relative. Relative <Yeah>. to what? <laughs> it's been so much fun, man. Yeah, that, that, I, exactly what Joe said, man. Thank you so much for putting it together. Ben has sent, has been so awesome. He sent us like all kinds of shit in the mail. I got like tr- uh, basketball cards that are, like up on my mirror right now. If I turn this camera around, you can see them. Um, yeah, time you put in, it's, it's Awesome. Well, like I, we
1: can see them, but yeah. not you, the
2: listener. Uh, it's pretty good, pretty yeah. sweet collection. I'd show them off, but um, no, nah, thank you so much, Ben. Couldn't do it without your hard work, so appreciate it. Uh, you guys are equal
0: thirds of this podcast, so uh, I got to keep those incentives out there to keep you interested. Sure. Otherwise, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm
2: well, a free well, agent this year, by the way. We're gonna negotiate or what <laughs> max contract coming up at Jackson. Right, I, sign uh, it.
1: I sign it. I'd like to do a basketball <laughs> card little little episode. Uh, if there's people out there that are keen, I know I don't think it's your guys' jam, but I've like I, there's quite a few people that have gotten into it or gotten back into it since the last dance, of which I am one. Um, it's yeah, quite it a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, look if you're listening and you are a basketball card aficionado, let's say nerd, I like so. it's a nerdy thing. <laughs> I was trying to here's was dancing chance. around the. Here's term a chance to get famous from it. <laughs> uh. Then hit us up, hit up, hit up Joe, and um, and we can do an episode. Why not? Um, meanwhile, however, four games into this Raptors series, the latter two a dramatically different vibe from the former. Uh, let's start with this, guys. How have these last two games been different from the first two? So, like, what's changed to tip things, I guess, in favour of the Raptors? Which for me, it feels like it's very much tipping in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> feels feel that like way we- a bit. <laughs> we-
1: one of it, one of, I feel like our, one of our jobs, Jackson, is to sort of help manage Bing's anxiety. About mm, that's this. the
0: only reason we do this. Yeah.
2: Free therapy session.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I get like messages at 3am just
2: like emanating rage and I'm like, I'm just going to answer that later. <laughs> but I feel yep. for it. Yeah. I agree, Joe. That's the truth. <laughs> um... I mean, look. It, it, if as far as like my, my you know layman's eyes are concerned, uh, when one team makes three pointers, for the most part, they tend to win. When one team doesn't, they tend to lose. Um, I think everything, as far as talent, coaching, um, know how, IQ, we're very, very, very evenly matched with this team. Um, the one thing I think that they've just got at the moment is confidence. It doesn't seem like confidence is like a. It, is a, it seems like confidence is a very finite. Uh, quantity in this series. And Celtics had it in spades, had all of it to start with. And then Ozie and Anobi, bang, phoops, takes, takes it all. And it's just, we look depraved of it. So deprived of it, sorry. Um, and we just got to get it back by hitting shots. That's what I think has changed. And that's how I think we've got to get back into it.
1: Yeah. I really <laughs> want to like be contrarian and give a different take to Jackson, but it's kind of the same thing. Isn't it Been like, it's pretty hard to get away from shots going and, and you feel good about it? I think. I, okay, I'm just because I want to do something different. I'm going to slightly reframe the question. How do I feel differently about the series? I've gone from feeling like maybe we're lucky to feeling very definitely like the Raptors are, are lucky. And I think I picked the Raptors in six going into it. So, um, so I'm going against my 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 better judgment. But yeah, I, I feel I feel more like the Raptors are lucky at this point than I did earlier on in the series.
0: Okay. I like the sound of that. Uh, But you say it just comes down to the Celtics missing shots compared to the Raptors missing their shots earlier in the, in the series. Don't you think the Raptors maybe have some responsibility for the Celtics suddenly starting to
2: miss their shots? Oh, of course. Like if you get into the finite details, there's probably a a bunch of reasons um, why they've gotten over it. I thought just like the overarching theme of it seems to be the shots. Like you look at like all the games and the the shooting percentages to, to dictate the winner, basically. Um, I was looking into the bench scoring, you know, I think we'll get into that a little bit later. So actually I might hold off on that for now, but um, I think, um, Obviously, Nick Nurse has made a lot of adjustments. You know, it's a very much a, a chess match between the two coaches at the moment and um, I really just think the, the confidence and the execution of the Raptors has just, you know, increased so much and th- that shot has just seemed to have just zapped everything. I really am just putting it down to that one shot because everything up until that point, even the play before, it was just, you know, was wonderful for us. It was dreamland. So um, it, it's, just, it's just changed everything completely and I just see, the, I see us psychologically ailing you know, for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah, I. I what, what what's coming to mind though is like when you go back to game three, like we didn't actually. The reason why the Raptors had a shot to win it was because we were up four, and we didn't clean up a defensive rebound, and then they got the ball back and they were down two. You know what I mean? And that that's that's ultimately it's defensive rebounding is as a little bit of a. It's just been. It's been our Achilles' heel for a really long time, and I, I watching the game on um on Sunday, local time. Yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't say local time, <laughs> uh, Antipodean time. Um, then it, it just felt like you know, look, if if we really need this rebound, it feels like our odds of getting it are like fifty percent or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, um yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's that's sort of probably that's a real unifying thread yeah um which just goes back for a very long time with this team
0: yeah and i do feel like in game 3 you, you basically you already said this basically game 3 and game 4 the raptors had been attacking the offensive boards to to actually exploit that advantage mm. um the, the fact that we can't get a rebound to save our lives uh the first two games game 1 and 2 i, I don't feel like they were they were crashing the boards as hard or really trying to 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 grab those rebounds and someone said, I don't think it was Nick nurse, but it was someone semi associated with the Raptors, maybe from the media standpoint that um, there's some statistic that that basically calls out the fact that offensive rebounds don't contribute to that contribute to winning all that much. uh, If that makes sense in terms of a points per possession or, um, Games one mm. where uh, that team also won the offensive board battle. Like it doesn't, um, it doesn't correlate that actually... strongly. To exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you exactly. think you'd
2: attribute um, the team that doesn't go for the offensive rebound is more likely to stop transition offense as well too? So there could be more likely, in yes. that the value, I mean, yeah.
1: That's the dot. Yeah, Rivers yeah, absolutely. theory, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but they've certainly been crashing those boards on the offensive end, you know, from their perspective, much harder. And yeah, like even with Gasol out there, who's, you know, quite slow and low nowadays, um, he's still great, grabbing those rebounds and Sergio Barker is just kind of shredding us down there as well. And for whatever reason, just like money from beyond the arc, unfortunately, in this series. Toronto, they, they have been attacking in these last two games. Campbell Walker in the pick and roll. I was watching some YouTube video. I think it's by Coach Daniel, who's mm-hmm. one of these new, new-ish YouTube channels. And it's like these analytical video breakdowns of you know why a team wins or loses a game. Uh, and he highlighted Toronto attacking Campbell Walker in the pick and roll and getting him switched on to guys well, anyone but Fred VanVleet, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, but particularly Siakam and then Siakam forcing the help to come over and Toronto swinging the ball. And, and on top of that, you know, uh, ever since we played Inez Kanter in game three, <laughs> it seemed like they <laughs> developed their rhythm at that exact moment. And now when they're drawing these doubles in the post from Siakam, for example, he's able to dish the ball out and guys are actually confidently stepping into these shots. And that's been a huge difference maker. Um, Toronto has really improved their uh, transition scoring as well. Which is unfortunate because after those first two games, I feel like our transition defense was sort of finally getting the the national media attention that it deserved, um, and then it's completely dissipated in these in these last two games, unfortunately. And if they're going to continue to score in transition, um, and we're going to continue to turn the ball over and allow them to score yeah. in transition, um, then we're fucked.
1: The t- <laughs> For lack of a better term,
2: <laughs> the turnover has thought- <laughs> been nauseating. They've been so often, and they just haven't like curbed it at all. And yeah, that's got to stop. I think. <laughs>
1: A, a, yeah a quick point on on that stuff too um i wonder how many points in transition they get are actually like the term counter-attack is probably not one that our american listeners are familiar with but but the counter-attack is a big thing you know it's it's mm-hmm. it, in in rugby and it certainly is in basketball and i feel like man we had some horrendous takes in transition um there mm-hmm. was marcus smart Marcus, I love you. I will never. I'll always stand by you, Marcus. But he had one horrendous take in, in transition, and then they are going the other way with numbers. Tatum had another one, and I just I want to point out something. Tatum one of the, one of the sneaky big holes in Tatum's game is actually that he's really out of control in transition. Um, mm-hmm. he often gets his head in front of his toes, and that's why he's pushing off a lot of the time. Like he do, he he does it all the time, and he only got called for it once, you know. But mm-hmm. um, he is man, he's out of control. He he doesn't he's not on balance often when he's when he's at full steam. Compare him to Giannis, you know. Um, Giannis is way better at it. Tatum he he loses control and he 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 needs to push off to regain his balance a lot of the time. So it's just uh, it's it's an important thing, you know. It's you know there's more to more to the game than that, but it's just something that I've thought. Oh yeah. I have noticed it before And it was just There was a couple of Really important turnovers Like that last push off When he was mm. When he was on the move I was like Slow down Tatum I know you're going to stuff up I just <laughs> knew he was going to Stuff up in that moment you Yeah know? sure Completely um, out of control yeah, yeah. Game too. You could feel it Yeah um, So yeah That's just, just my little My little asterisk For Tatum yeah, no, fair
0: enough. We'll we'll look I wanna to get to Tatum in a second, but just an interesting point on the on the counterattack. So the Raptors so I was looking through cleaning the glass, looking for some, some standout Whoa. stats. And Raptors are scoring one point two points per possession in transition off steals. So their their points per possession in transition didn't really jump off the page. It was, you know, sort of equal to or similar to the Celtics. Um, and of sort of the average percentile league-wide during the playoffs. But 1.2 points per possession in transition off steals um, highlights two things, I guess. Um, How terrible we are at handling the ball and how terrible playmakers, quote-unquote, like Tatum are at handling the ball. Um, And then how difficult it is for any team, no matter how good their transition defense, then get back and set a defense when they've turned a live ball over, essentially. So Mm. got to clean that up. I think that's, you know... I want to say an adjustment for Brad Stevens. It's one thing to say, hey, like, go out there and just
2: turn the ball yeah, over last. But, um, yeah. actually could last executed. I'll tell you what, tell you what, what yeah. it wouldn't be happening if, if Hayward was here.
1: Yeah, yep. yeah, it would. But I mean, also, like, I, I actually, you know, I've just given a little a little um, brick back to Tatum, but I actually want to give him a bouquet as well. Um, <laughs> there was some stuff I saw going around Twitter about how he had his potential assists were way up his playmaking is looking way better to to me at least um i think he's really making a, a bit of uh, some strides as a half court playmaker um he's starting to throw some really nasty skip passes which is cool um that's a that's a really good development
0: yeah and That's true. He's he's playmaking, particularly uh, towards Marcus Smart when he was hitting all those threes in game two. Um, That really highlighted his because they ended up being highlights because of the the Marcus Smart three-point barrage package. Um, You got a good look at at some of those passes you're describing there, Joe. But a little bit, I want to ask what's going on with Tatum because we know in theory, he's this improved passer and he's improved passer out of those traps and those double teams. So then, why does he seem to be struggling so much with them, particularly in these last two games? like is it just me, or is he just completely thrown off and discombobulated by how aggressive um that raptor's trap defense is as like as soon as he comes over the halfway point?
1: I feel like he's catching the ball in the wrong spot a lot of the time for me, like he often starts he often starts on the on the elbow. And he gets pushed a pace higher, like a like a half step inside the three point line. You know, with it, you can kind of see it in your mind's eye right now. Like he catches it with his back to the basket and he's twenty feet away from the hoop. Um, I sort of feel like that's really no man's land for him. Like he's not like it's not really getting to any of his sweet spots there, eh? Like I like it when he catches it at the nail, but that's a pace closer to the hoop. Um, yeah. I I wanna it just when he's in that spot. He tends to, like, he doesn't tend to go to his sidestep, his sidestep side three, right? Because um, he's inside the arc at that point, but he's also a really long way away from the hoop. Um, and and I sort of feel once he gets his feet in the paint, his, his fadeaway is really nice, but if he doesn't get his feet in the paint, it's just, you know, it's just, it just seems to be a little less effective.
0: Yeah. And they are clearly trying to go to him that Raptors zone defense, which, you know, it's another reason why it's been more difficult for the Celtics from game to game is that they're throwing that zone defense at us more and more. And one player that I guess had, I want to say 50-50 success, I've got no stat to back this up, is is getting it to Tatum, you know, on the free throw line there on the nail, which is how you're supposed to attack a zone defense. Um, and he does this turnaround fadeaway shot, which he's sort of had to limited success in, in terms of making that shot. But that's where I think his passing game still has a lot of room for growth. Where we're passing out of, you know, when that zone defense collapses on him once he gets the ball in that position, it seems like um, he kind of just freezes and has no idea what to do at that point. Would Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, the, the, he's not like a fully formed player with a fully formed arsenal out of that. But when you get it at the nail, like you should have pretty easy reads to me. You know, it's like I really like it when he catches and he puts up a puts up a shot really quickly, um, but. That's the, at that point the, def, the you know the defense is compromised. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, man. I need to look at, a, at the tape a little more. The tape, like I'm a coach. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. package that up for I you. Would, <laughs> I would probably get it in the mail. The only thing I'll probably
2: add to that too is the um, you know he hasn't been getting to the line as much, particularly in the last two games. I think he's like, I mean ten times uh total in the last two games and that was and he went 14 for 14 in game two so um I think that's probably you know contributing to it as well what he can do to you know get to the line more um I, I don't know because he was going to the line a lot I felt like when the, the three ball wasn't dropping for everybody he, he sort of looked like he was trying to take over the game showing some real like aggressiveness and getting to the hoop a lot um but yeah ultimately it just didn't happen and then the free throws didn't happen either
0: yeah, well, again, this is not my expert analysis. This is off this Coach Daniel uh, YouTube channel, which I highly recommend checking out if, you, if you're if you interested in learning more about X's and O's. Uh, but he basically highlighted that the Raptors pick and roll defense, they're not dropping as much as uh, they were in the first two games. We kind of saw that a lot with Philly as well, which allowed Tatum to come off those high picks and either get into that sort of run-in three um Or get to the line because he had some room to build up momentum before like he was encountered by a big in the paint, if that mm, makes sense, yeah. um, and the raptors have got this really good sort of medium drop happening where they 're dropping back a little bit enough to quickly contest like it 's often Sergio Barker who gets caught in these positions defensively in the pick and roll, and he 's up enough to quickly get up and contest on those Tatum, you know, step backs or, or pull-ups off the pick, and he's got the length to do that. Mm. Um, but he's not far enough back to allow Tatum to get ahead of steam and either get to the line or, yeah. or get off a, even a floater, let alone a layup or a He's dunk. not a bad rim protector.
2: Uh, I mean, he's a bit old, but he's, you know, still pretty good.
0: Yeah, he's very confident yeah. in, in that position. Um, Man. And that, I think that's been really difficult for for Tatum.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't, in my mind, I picture many of those snake, you know, the one where, Tie sits the screen and then rescreens. The seals. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I haven't. Don't feel like I've seen a lot of those happening.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, we're going to get into what adjustments we expect in Game Five in a little bit, but um, hopefully, hopefully that's one of them. I don't know. <laughs> it seems to always lead to a bucket when we get the tie seal. Mm. Um, but there's probably something that Nick Nurse has got his uh his players doing that it's not clever enough to figure out, or at least I'm not. Uh, Reddit user. Koivu JR writes, there's been a lot of Jalen Brown hate after game four, but I don't see anyone talking about Jalen, Jalen, Jason Tatum dribbling straight into coverage and not passing out and giving up the turnover again and again. The missed shots by almost the whole team are one thing, but some of those turnovers didn't have to happen. Seemed like he was forcing the situation too much. Um, Just to sort of cap off what we were saying there, it's not this fluid Jason Tatum that we're used to. He's kind of been put in these positions to fail, I think he, he, the key there if it's not in this playoff series but going forward in his career is to find out how to like quickly succeed in, in those situations because he's just not at the moment
1: Yeah, his three point attempts are <laughs> way down right, so um, someone said uh, it's probably a danger card comment but like normally when guys are being like taking threes like if Giannis is taking threes it's a sign of them not being aggressive, right but in Tatum's case it's kind of the opposite It's like when he's aggressive, he's looking for his three-point shot. And I was like cheering at Jalen Brown. I was like, shoot that, shoot that, shoot that. Like, don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your confidence. Shoot that. And I was actually really glad to see him keep shooting. Like, there is nothing worse when the guy catches it. Like, Daniel Tice will do this. Catch it. Oh, I don't actually really want to shoot it. I'm not going to shoot it. Just wrecks the flow, man. You've got to let that thing fly. You've got to. And um, I was actually really proud of Brown for keeping shooting. Yeah. And, he, and he, it came right towards the end, you know. Maybe if it was a 50-minute game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He would have unleashed his inner marker smart. That's we
2: needed. It's probably... For, it, uh, sorry, just It's forgotten in time because we won the game, but... um end of game two, he takes this horrible step back three from miles and miles out and it's a total uh, brick yeah. and Van Vliet gets it. If he knocked down that three, which is, you know, we saw it happen again get next game, um, he would have copped it big time for that too and that would have, you know, been another, you know, nail in his confidence because he looks pretty broken at the moment. This is Jalen Brown I'm talking about, obviously. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, probably further to what Joe was saying, the fact that he kept shooting and eventually did get, I think, like two to go at the very end, you know, I, I really hope we see, like, you know, you know just improvement in shooting you know it's so basic to say but you know, particularly from Jalen
0: yeah and those corner threes as well which he, he gets a lot of because that Raptors defense does they do give up quite a few corner threes I think the most in the league and the last game the Celts only shot 16.7 percent from the corner three I feel like most of that is due to Jalen Brown just missing <laughs> every corner three he took of which he had many um, let's quickly because we haven't talked about this I did man- mention that this is kind of a therapy session for for me and probably most people listening the OG and an OB shot. Can you just walk me through what that was like
1: for you guys? Because, well, just walk me through
0: it and then I'll give you my side of things,
1: please. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the gym and uh, I was quite excited about the game. So I had it going on the, I had the, had the phone turned to the side on the treadmill and um, I was running. I was in the middle of a little 20 second, you know, 20, 10, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. And, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. <laughs> And and the it was very very small. I don't like the the mobile view, you know. But um, I probably should have had it on there. So I had this tiny little view of Tice making. I was like point five. We good. Like this is like a once in twenty year thing, you know. To to overcome that. Um, and then it went in. And I just, I was kind of stunned. Like I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, it was, yeah. I was just, once again, I was on the treatment. It was really small. Like I I, I couldn't make it out. Like. That it had gone in. It didn't make sense to me that it had gone in. Um, it was sort of like, honestly, it's funny. This is what I would compare it to. You know how in like November 2016, you're like, what? Like Trump won? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> shock. <laughs> shock and denial. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like he's allowed to win? Like that's kind of how it felt like.
2: Yeah. Um. I was at work. <laughs> And I couldn't watch it live because I was getting nothing done. So I, I uh-huh. banked up about half an hour after it finished so I could go back and watch it. And on the app and what I was watching it on, you can actually see like the little, the, the bar like and the, where, where it's going to finish. And mm-hmm. Kemba makes the play, that dunks it down. There's like that much left to go. And I'm like, ah, oh, sweet, out. They missed the shot. No worries. No overtime, all good. And then that goes in. And like Joe, it was just, I kept waiting for, for, for for it not to be the case or something like that, it's like when you're watching the <laughs> yeah. replay and you see like in slow motion it leaves his hand in time. It's like, well, well, no, because there was only like that much left. How can that? <laughs> Like I, I failed to compute it properly, and I had to go back to my desk, and and I don't think I did very well for the rest of the day. Um, but the more, the more, the more yeah. I like just thought about it. Like probably like later in the day, I just I, I had to appreciate just what a ridiculous like sort of like shot it was. You see that and do go into any other game, and you're like, wow. Um, and we've had our fair share of those moments, I guess. Probably not to that like extent, and what the context it could end up ultimately meaning. Um, no. Um, it would be so, we'll watch it for, we'll be seeing it for the rest of time if the Raptors go on to like repeat or something. It'll be like it'll be like the piss off the Ray Allen, you know, um bang shot. It'll be um, it'll be that forever. So I uh, really yeah. hope that's not the case. So yeah, I'm still reeling from it as you can tell, obviously. I'm so glad Mike Breen wasn't on the call and we weren't
0: victim to a double banger, because it, it was justified if he was around, but uh fortunately wasn't wasn't in the arena. Um, user Royal Ramble wrote in the post-game thread, OG and Anobi haunts my dreams. And that, that's been my experience so far. You know, maybe hyperbole, but, you know, it's a devastating sort of all-time low fan moment. Where is he? And-
2: sorry sorry to cut you off there, man. Where is he on the Celtics boogeyman list? So there's Middleton, there's Booker. <laughs> He's got to be on there now, surely, Anobi, right? Yeah, well... <laughs>
0: Say bo- like a boogeyman inhabits Like a certain habitat A, for- a forest or whatever We're in the We're only in in- currently in the forest Inhabited by OG Ananobi So forget all the other boogeyman right. But he is the <laughs> You know Public enemy number one Boogeyman oh, yeah. currently is uh, I'm terrified of him And he's been Fucking awesome All series Like if I was the raps Regardless of what's gonna happen yeah, in the future, in terms of Lowry getting older and and Fred Van Vliet's contract situation and Siaka maybe not being very good at all. Um, stoked on OG Ananobi. He looks
1: yeah.
2: great. He's been how, one, of one of the best. How the
1: hell did the Spurs not get Ananobi back for Kawhi? Like, how the, how did they not get at least get him back?
2: Because he was in. Well, no, he wasn't injured then, was he? No, it's a good question. It's a very good question. Yeah, they he... got
1: like the Spurs got Jakob Purtle. <laughs> you know,
2: <Yeah>. promising <laughs> promising Euro big man, right? And
1: Demar Derozan <laughs> really was fundamentally like, I mean, he's not like a negative value asset, but he's not like a positive value asset at his at his contract. And surely they could have held out for Ananobi You know, it's Kawhi Leonard, man. Like,
0: yeah. I feel like the legend of Kawhi has grown yeah, even since sure. the trade. I'm, like maybe now I remember us doing episodes
2: just, and be like, yeah. nah, didn't
0: pass. Not worth it. it. Not worth <laughs> it. <laughs> it. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Have that back yeah. in a so second. Build, build around Jalen Brown. <laughs> I,
1: I I feel like and this is this is possibly not what I actually said at the time, but this is what I feel like I said. Yeah. I feel like I felt like at the time I was like, I just don't want to win that way. I feel like if we could it felt yeah. like we could just trade for Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Dave. At the time it just felt inevitable that we were going to get Anthony Davis. And I was like, I don't really want to just trade for Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis. I'd really rather grow with the team. And to be truthful, I'd rather have the experience that we're having now than some sort of cakewalk with Kawhi. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, like this is, like, let's just zoom out to 10,000 feet. This series is actually way more enjoyable because OG Ananobi is haunting your dreams. Like, sweeps are boring, man. They are. There's, they're not actually satisfying as a fan, you know. Yeah. Like the the Philly sweep. Let's be honest, guys. Like it wasn't as sweet as it probably we thought it might have been. <laughs> You know, it was. I liked it. Was...
0: it. <laughs> yeah, <I> liked <laughs> the it. Not, not, not nothing <laughs> has tasted sweeter in my entire. life Just made life. me feel better I thinking hate, about it. I hate Philly. It. I know ben, I can completely understand what you're saying, ben, but it's Philadelphia.
1: Ben, ben new father. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, because...
0: Never had a more precious moment <laughs> in my entire life than <laughs> a
1: first yeah. round sweep in the bubble. <laughs> uh, I think to cut yeah. the
2: Kawhi yeah. thing off, he would he would have left for the Clippers anyway. So yeah, <laughs> I think we still made the
1: right decision yeah, yeah. ultimately. Yeah, to- totally. And also the Raptors did too, but the Raptors, I mean, we're kind of doing, yeah. we're going on a real side by here, but the Raptors could make that trade and we couldn't. We didn't have, we had no bad salary, you know, and yeah. no big salary yeah. at the time. Um, we would have had to trade like Haywood, which would have been PR wise, very, very difficult. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, Yeah. That absolutely. trade just
1: really wasn't there for us. We just didn't have the right pieces, eh?
0: Yeah, but you're right. Like to to cap that off, it is it is more fun to you know we've got like a nice little core that we drafted, and then we've got some veteran free agent signings in in Hayward and Camber, and like it's it's more fun that way. I think I um, I completely agree with you. So um, where were we? I I guess I just want to add to the the OG shot very quickly. My experience is very consistent with you guys, but Gary Washburn, who is uh, oh you a, got a, a little retweet for the Celtics. <laughs> uh, well, that that too. I think in the game prior. But he is in the bubble. And so his tweets are coming out as these like 30 second prior spoiler alerts so or like 20, 10 second prior before the moment actually happens to the point where I've actually had to like filter him out of my, my tweet deck. <laughs> but, um, and this is why. 20 seconds before the play started, he just tweets, OG Ananomi splashes a three, Raptors win. And I just like caught it out of the corner of my eye while I was still like really hyped up about the the tie stunk and that awesome pass from Kemba. (laughs) And I double took it. I was like, wait, what? And then just kind of knew what was coming. Um, And before like reading the tweet had even sunk in, then it sort of played out live before my eyes. And it was just this terrible moment of kind of like knowing that like doom is around the corner. Uh, and then just watching it play out in front of you. It was, it was disgusting. It was an all time, all time low. Have you guys you ever had, had never want to go have you guys ever had to
2: watch a sports broadcast where the commentary is like half a second in front of the action and you get that like spoiler, like, <laughs> like, like so too. almost instantaneous, but too soon spoiler, like throughout the whole game. It's, it sucks. It's really, really bad.
1: <laughs> well, it kind of actually reminds me of, this is what I relate that experience to. You guys probably don't care about this so much because you're Australian, but do you know who George Gregan is? Of course. Yeah. I, yeah, rugby player. Right. So, you know, I remember being eight years old in 1994 and, um, and hearing about George Gregan making a tackle on a guy called Jeff Wilson as Jeff Wilson was yeah. about to – Jeff Wilson was my hero. Jeff Wilson is one of the greatest rugby players of all time. And he was about to dot down for the game-winning try in the Blizzle Cup game against Australia in 1994. Like, he was literally in the air over the line. George Greer makes a tackle and knocks the ball out. Now, I knew the result prior to watching the replay of the game. I was a little kid. And we couldn't watch it live for some reason. I remember watching the replay, and, like, part of you thinks that when I watch it, it won't happen. Like, it'll be different this time, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's what I feel like you must have been like, Ben. You must have been like, I'm just, I got to. I can't know. It can't be right. Like, no, nah, it won't be. It won't be.
0: Completely, yes. Uh, But it did happen, and then they won the next game, and now we are moving forward to Game 5, which is in about 12 hours from now. Um, Is Game 5 the most important game of the Tatum-Brown Celtics era so far?
1: I mean, sure, but, like, they're going to have more important games.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, hopefully, especially after yeah. we win game five and game six. But, <laughs> yeah. I don't, you yeah. know, like, we, we played a game seven against LeBron. That was pretty I was, big. I was and, about to
2: argue that was probably bigger, but that was more of, that was, like, the free hit year. So in terms of, like, stakes, in terms of what the media will write about them, if they like, you know, they clonk out, if we're worried about that kind of stuff, it'll be, yeah, it'll be important for their reputations, I think.
1: Well, I, I, that year we didn't really have a chance to win the finals. This year, we kind of do, guys. Mm -hmm. We kind of do, eh? Like, this is all kind of lining up quite nicely for us.
0: Well, this is where I get caught up in all this, because now that we've dropped two games to the Raptors, the narrative changes, and I was all team finals for the Celtics, and, like, the Heat are a really good matchup, and, like, wow, we look really good at the right time, and now it only takes... I want to say one and a half losses. Turns, on a, yeah. turns on a We trifle. Essentially won that Raptors game before we lost it, the game 3 that is, and then obviously lost game 4. Like so do you do you not feel influenced by that at all Joe or, or Jackson like that we now no longer look good enough to to be successful in the finals because that's kind of where my head's at. I'm I'm all doom
2: and gloom over here. I'll I'll brighten I'll, bright, I'll brighten your day a little bit, okay? So since the bubble, right? We've played the Raptors three times. We've won three of them. We've played them twice. We've lost twice, right? Do you know what was consistent in all three of the games where we won? It was on the Raptors parquet court, not parquet, but the Raptors court, right? Guess where tomorrow's <laughs> okay. game is? Raptors Beckham. court. Yes. <laughs> all right. I'm calling it now. It's a win. It's a win. Science. And it's going to go back there for ultimately for a game seven. So I think we can, I think we can, uh, you know, be very, very confident now. Um,
1: I'm leaning on that. <laughs> I just think this, 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 I mean, the particular way this the big picture thing that's happened in the series happens a lot, so it's very very common for a team that's down two, two zip to win the third game. It's very common, and and it's somewhat less common for them for them to win the the fourth game, but it's still a pretty common experience. You're often going to be in this point in a series. Think about how many times we've been in this exact point right now where we've won, we've been up two two up two up and tied two two. I'm just going back through. If I try and go back through. Uh you know, certainly against Cleveland in Bucks and twenty and I think. Uh the Bucks, I'm pretty sure was the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. We lost two in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the middle series? Philly, no, not so much then. Um, I want to say against Chicago, we were tied to all. Yeah. Um I think Chicago uh that was the, the three alphas <laughs> yeah. I think they went up two zip and then we won four straight. Rondo went out, uh, yeah, that's this, right.
0: I was at three of the games in that series <laughs> I, including the
1: first two where they lost them both <laughs> shot Ben <laughs> oh it's that's actually really cold I'm sorry man like that would just be you got all well, you the way you think got
0: to be a hardened fan after seeing that you know live and in person yeah. but still but, I'm just talking. by you got by to see him horses. destroy them like in the next game didn't you uh, I went to game six in Chicago yeah. where they where they finished like, up the series Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't
2: know. worked out a little bit I guess <laughs>
1: Even <laughs> yeah. even though I picked the Raptors in the six, I sort of feel like the most likely result tomorrow is actually a really big Celtics win. And us feeling, you know, I know what it's like. Like the, the inner fan in you is like, yes, we're on our way now. And then the Raptors forcing game seven is really likely if we win, it's the most likely result. The, the most likely thing is we win this game and then they win the next one, to be honest. Um, hmm. That's just how it goes.
0: Yeah, well, look, user Asian American 29 cited a, I guess you could call it a study, a stats page from landofbasketball.com, and they wrote, the stats favor the Celtics. True, the Raptors achieved winning the series after going down 0-2 last year against the Bucks. However, you can also see how unlikely, unlikely it is for a team to repeat in two consecutive years coming back from an 0-2 deficit. Only the 1994 and 1995 Rockets team has done that but that team had Akeem Olajuwon. I don't see anyone in the Raptors of that caliber, LOL. Um, That's promising. And from what you say as well, Joe and Jackson, there are Celtics fans probably like me out there, hopefully listening to this just like, just soaking this up like you're basically you're preaching the gospel right now and like there are people like there like me out there who, who need to hear this stuff who, who have been suffering <laughs> through these losses and just need to hear this like yeah we'll probably win yeah it's very likely that we will win but that's that's
1: really nice to hear yeah who knows what happens in game seven <laughs> but yeah i mean man like this is how the playoffs go right you know the most likely thing in all playoffs is normally a, a six game um, A six game win, I think that's like probably the most statistically likely, um, you know, final game for a series, I guess, is six games. And I'm guessing following that is probably, it's probably seven games and five games, you know, so it's not going to be five. So, you know, here we are. We're, what we're, what we're experiencing is like something that's at once extraordinary because you feel it so, you know, feel so different to any, any other series you've been involved in. But is actually very much the same as so many other series, with the exception of the fact that they came back from the dead with zero point five seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a common path for a series to take, you
0: know. So just enjoy yeah. it. And the the it's too reasonable, yeah. too logical. Well, yeah, Sorry, <laughs> the
1: fact
2: the factor of just no, no fans or no home court is is there as well too. It's a, it's it's not. It's like a you know, it's a zero sum game for both. But you know, I think if we were going back to Toronto. After what they've done, I'd probably be a little bit more worried than going into like a, a neutral venue, if if, if if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think yeah. that probably plays into our advantage slightly if we have to classify it one way or another.
0: Mm-hmm. User Positive Popeye Papaya says Celtics winning this series and user JTL. I feel a lot of this is on Brad. He's too passive, maybe too nice too. Uh, guys, there's... A little is a little faction of Celtics fans who are calling for Brad Stevens' head, if you can believe it. After dropping these two games, is there any merit to that at all? Or if I can rephrase the question, have you at any point stopped and doubted Brad Stevens to the point where you'd rather see someone else have his job?
2: One hundred percent hard. No,
1: I think there's a big difference between like calling for someone, hoping, wanting someone to be fired, and at the same time realizing they're not beyond criticism, right? Brad Stevens is hundred percent, hundred percent deserves criticism, mm-hmm. and it, and big picture, I mean, would you agree, Ben? Like,
0: well, yes. So, what would you say specifically in this series we could criticize him for?
1: Well, I'm going to piggyback back on Danger Cart, but basically, Danger Cart makes the point, and I think this is true. Brad Stevens likes sort of <laughs> consistent, consistent mediocrity. You know, than rather than. <laughs> Rather than actual performance, that's inconsistent, but adds up to m- more value over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so so Dangercat's current hobby horses. Why the hell is Rob Williams not playing more? And he's probably right. Like the the Celtics do seem to score a lot more easily, even though um, even though you, there's some super obvious mistakes from them out there. You know, overall, the Celtics seem to do better right now when Williams is playing. Yeah, and and Stevens has always had such a Quick hook on the rookies You know And another point that um You know That Danger Cart made That I'm just going to piggyback on As he said You know Maybe now is the time Where you just You know This is what the lessons were for This isn't the time To teach the lessons This is what the lessons In the regular season were for You know And maybe it needs to Show a little more trust
2: Yeah well, to be fair, Rob Williams was nowhere near like any kind of rotation. Like even like starting in the bubble was only ever Geno time stuff. So you know he's been thrown in big time in the playoffs so far. So I think there's like that's a little bit of an indication that he believes in him. But I mean, as far as like him playing more is concerned, and you know, I'm, I can't, I'm not versed on that. But I would love to see it. I love Rob Williams.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully, right? And this is the game. This is it's essentially a must-win game, right? So whatever cards you've got that you haven't played yet, whatever hands you haven't played, like, this is the time. So hopefully, I guess, that that results in some more uh, danger card pleasing Rob Williams minutes. <laughs> um, certainly very effective. And, you know, like, for example, we talked about that, that drop coverage, how they're sort of bringing Ibaka and the, the sort of the, the role-man defender up we've seen Rob Williams time and time again, like get into that, that pocket under the basket that's left open as a result. And I think that's one reason why he's been so successful there. Vertical
1: spacing, man, it really helps. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a multi-dimensional player. <laughs> he <laughs> so, plays in four dimensions, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth dimension is time. So what, what are the adjustments then, other than maybe a bit more time, Lord, that you, just to wrap this one up, guys, that you see... Brad Stevens making and like, can you foresee the ensuing Nick Nurse counter adjustments as well? Like, how how are you picturing this game going in your in your mind?
1: Um, I I think it's a return to what makes us successful in a lot of respects. I mean, I think it's just a slightly more uh, under control but aggressive Tatum. You know, I sort of feel like he's sometimes. Isn't it funny how he can be like that? How cause sometimes you can be kind of. Uh, sometimes it feels like t- Tatum goes into tantrum. I don't want Jason Tantrum. I want Jason Tatum. I don't know if that I don't know I don't know if that'll make great copy, but I think it sounded great in my head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no
0: one's copying any
2: of this down, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Jack Jackson, what about you? Um, adjustments that he can make, man. I, I, I still just can't get past the the ball going in the hoop. You know, whether that means generating more, you know, open looks at threes for certain players or whatnot, I'm not too sure. But man, I think if the ball goes in the hoop, we're gonna have a nicer time of it all round and the rest will just take care of itself.
0: Yeah, I do think there's merit to that. Like, it sounds sort
2: of simple. I'm a simple but man, Joe. Just- <laughs> ben, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they just need to hustle
0: their asses off, right? Like, remember the first two games, maybe the first six quarters of this series, it was just amazing how much the Celtics were just hustling their asses off. They were, They just had such intensity on both ends of the court. And, you know, the Raptors fans were kind of saying no, we're just missing our shots. As soon as we start making our shots, we're going to make this a series again. But I think there was a very, very good reason for them missing so many of their wide open shots. And it's because the intensity from the Celtics was so high that even when they did get a wide open look, they were so sort of blown off the mark, you know, for lack of a better term, that they they still couldn't get into a rhythm. And I think we need to just like quickly get back to that point right off the bat, right off the tip and uh, and play with that intensity for 48 minutes. Mm. But um can they do it it's it's really like a it's a character defining moment for the team and for some of the bigger players like Brown and, and Tatum like how they respond to the last two games and how they come out and like literally respond to that through their play I, I think it's a really character defining moment for them so it's going to be really interesting to see I think it's definitely in my opinion the most significant game for these guys so far in their you know albeit short careers
1: yeah you yeah, know it's 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 there's some magnitude to the game it's cool enjoy it Oh, the pressure of the thing, that the the occasions what makes it fun, it's the it's the sense that you know, it's the it's the it's the stakes that make it fun, you know.
0: Yeah, I, the games are on too early for me to drink enough to enjoy it. <laughs> like I just oh, sorry, that's just me. Like I I know that's not the right way to be, but uh, I just I get so anxious watching these games, and like I hang on every possession. Whereas like i can w- watch a playoff game like Lakers Rockets today and just enjoy the shit out of it because it's just a completely neutral perspective but when you just like love a team so much or when you um, buy into the whole like not just the you know the the baskets they score but the, the personalities the characters like all the, the back office people yeah. like the, the, the whole top to bottom franchise I don't know yeah. it's, it's significant I know a lot of people listening at least at least feel yeah. this way just sure. the nature of and basketball it's them. such
2: it's such a roller coaster up and down swings and roundabouts game you just you just you just get you just your moods just doing this all again it's it's exhausting but you know it's you know you love it so I'm gonna suffer through it at work secretly while all like all of my Sydney office is coming like CEO everything so <laughs> I have to be oh, so discreet <laughs> and so poker face. It's
1: going to be horrendous. Oh, God. Is this, is, this, is this like the office where the Swindon lot are coming over? Yeah. <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> and they've
2: got the cool boss. It's HR. Uh, HQ, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> got to put your
0: game face on. I
1: feel like what you're describing, Ben, is that, is, is that grief is the price of love. Not, I'd like to get all philosophical on you, but you love the team and you're going to feel some grief when, things, when the team doesn't succeed. That's cool. But you know, that's the price, man. That means you love it. You know. Yeah,
0: the highs are highs and the lows are extremely low. Mm-hmm. Um All right, look, I think that's a good place to uh to wrap it up. Hopefully there are some some fans out there, like I said, who are benefiting from from listening to, to this side of things and, and Joe getting a little philosophical there. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening Game 5 uh, Just around the corner Like I said 12 hours away Jackson, Joe To wrap it up Have you got any Coping mechanisms Maybe aside from Consuming alcohol That you can recommend To uh, maybe the more Angsty
2: fans out there um, I always try and follow Like multiple sports And multiple teams at once So you can like If one's letting you down You can jump onto the other one But it's like It's slim pickings at the moment So I don't know I don't know Gamble or some horses perhaps <laughs> or don't i don't care but yeah no no um i I don't know yeah you just i I find it like it only ever ruins about 12 hours of your day really after that i'm like "Ah, okay whatever i kind of get on with it because then the next game is only like 24 hours away so regardless of the result tomorrow you know we're not dead so i'm gonna lean on that
1: just try and reframe it as a thrilling experience (laughs) that would be my Mm. coping mechanism
0: All right, so I'm gonna gamble on horses while trying to reframe in the back of my mind a potentially bad experience as a good experience. I'll let you guys know how that goes <laughs> um, on the next episode. By the way, you know we talked about this being episode 100. We did have a very special guest lined up uh, due to some scheduling. I won't say conflicts because they're very busy and we're not. They're not going to be on to the 101st episode, but that's coming up in a couple of days' time. So um, tune into that. It's going to be very exciting. And hopefully we've got a Celtics win to discuss rather than another dreary loss. Uh, until then, thanks again, Jackson and Joe. Just hold up, work. hold
1: up. Is this going to be any good? Like, you I keep, so. you we'll keep have have hyping it up. And have I ever
0: heard of this guest <laughs>
2: before if I follow <laughs> the NBA and also happen to be of a certain nationality?
0: If you listen If you have a rotation Of two to three NBA podcasts It's very likely That you listen To this person's voice On a on a, on a regular basis I, I'd say they're in the, the tier one Upper echelon Of um, sort of National NBA podcasters So it's a, it's a good get If it does happen I still don't believe It's going to happen I still keep <laughs> waiting For the email to say Sorry mate I've, I've had to listen To your podcast And it's no hey, good so- Sorry <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. come on anymore <laughs> I'm washing my hair That day <laughs> Oh we'll see go. all right folks until next time go celtics peace nice.
1: uh uh hiking in the sun the happiness that you mourn you know the kids still dance so we supply all the songs if i'm wrong you hit the superman like soldier